Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you very live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max brought to you by Mako. When life throws you uh-ohs, just say better get Mako and go to Mako.com to get an online estimate today. Guys, the Rams went all in. And Key's been saying all oh, year, they must win the Super Bowl now. And Jay, I've been saying, just as long as Stafford's in L.A., he needs to eventually win one. But, of course, with no draft picks ever, they've given up every <laughs> draft pick they're ever entitled to, especially after the Von Miller trade, they are all in now. And Key will explain why just an appearance is not enough this season. First, here's Sean McVay on Matthew Stafford getting to the Super Bowl a year to the day. After he was traded from Detroit to Los Angeles, I think he's played like he's capable of. You know, risen. I, you know, I think he's played like we thought he would, and he's a, you know, no moments too big for him. I can tell you that much, Jordan. He's elevating everybody around him. Um, you know, we got one more. We know it's going to be a great challenge. So happy for Zach Taylor and the Bengals. What a tough, resilient group they are. But. Um, really so happy for Matthew, Andrew Whitworth. I mean, you know, Aaron Donald, Vaughn. Man, there's just so many guys that I'm just so happy for. Jalen Ramsey, but we got some more work to do. They do have more work to do, and, and it's great that he mentioned a lot of those names because throughout the course of the game, every one of those players that they bought into uh, had paid off at some point. When you think about Jalen Ramsey, he didn't have an interception, but he – certainly played at a high level at times in the game. You also think about Aaron Donald eating up double teams to get Von Miller free at times, but he was the person who put the panic meter on Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of that game and forced him to get spooked and just throw the football a la uh, Kyler Murray, Carson Wentz. You look at Big Whitworth at the left tackle spot, he'll be appearing in the Super Bowl second time as a Ram. Then you talk about OBJ coming over. You mentioned draft picks, all of those sort of things. When you look at this football team as a whole, there was a lot of stress on Sean McVay, even to the fact that Sean McVay used every single timeout he could possibly find to challenge plays that he shouldn't have been challenging because of the pressure, knowing that he went all in on players and he didn't want to squander this opportunity for the Rams to get to a Super Bowl. Now, as you look forward and down the line, as you mentioned, Max, where will they go from here? They've got to win the Super Bowl in order for this to pay off. Getting to the Super Bowl, it's cool right now for them. It's like, hey, we're here. But closing the closing the deal, winning the Super Bowl is where all of the chips that was pushed to the middle of the table with all the fine players that they acquired that contributed in that game yesterday for them pays off is by winning the Super Bowl. Hey, Jay, I'm going to ask you a question, and Key, I'm going to ask you the same question, okay? With right now... Right now, without knowledge of the future, and we've already, we're cheating a little because we're already up to the big game, Mm -hmm. right? Because the essence of Monday morning quarterbacking is we already know what happened. Now we're all going to be critics. He should have, could have, would have. Right now, was it the right choice to go all in on Stafford, Von Miller, and everyone? Yes or no? Sean McVay could have let well enough alone and made little runs here and there, but he said, nope. And fortune favors the bold, right? I'm going all in. Right now, Jay, is that the right choice, yes or no? That's easy for me, yes. It, and it goes back to, you know, when this trade was originally going down between Jared Goff 
and the likes of Matthew Stafford, a lot of people were, were poo-pooing it, saying there's no difference between the two of them. He's shown you the difference in clutch moments. He's shown you the ability to take the top off the defense. He makes the gutsy plays. He stays in the pocket and takes the hit while making the plays as well. So if it's somebody that Sean McVay believes can take his team to the next level, obviously you need to close the deal at home in SoFi Stadium to complete that. But damn right, I think it gives this all-in tactic has given them the best strategy to get back to the Super Bowl. Key, it's certainly an all-in tactic. And when you look at the quarterback spot, Matthew Stafford made some plays along the way that Jared Goff in his last year with the Rams could not make. Jared Goff in 2018 made those same plays that Matthew Stafford made. A year or two later, he wasn't making those plays. So it's the right move based on getting back to the Super Bowl. But let's see what happens when they face Cincinnati in the end. Do they win it? Yes, Jared Goff, based on getting his team to the Super Bowl and Matthew Stafford never winning a playoff game, when you look at it on the surface, it becomes the same guy. Now, Matthew Stafford has shown us that he needed a better uh, uh, nucleus around him to win playoff games, so he's won three straight playoff games, and now you look at it and you go, okay, he's a better quarterback than Jared Goff, so it was worth it. Now let's see if he wins the Super Bowl along with Sean McVay. But Key, we know everything you just said, that's right, we already have knowledge of that, and we have to wait and see because, of course, whether or not it ultimately pays off in the Super Bowl, that's the answer. What I'm saying is, before we know that, you know, it's, it's easy for us to sit back and be, okay, let's see. But McVeigh had to make that choice, right? Before we have the result of the Super Bowl, did he make the right choice or not, in your opinion? I, I think they did make the right choice, but I'll also look at things a little bit different when we're talking about football. When I'm talking about Players, when you have a healthy Cam Akers and an OBJ minus a Robert Woods and a Cooper Cup coming into his own, having a historical season, when you look at adding a Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, the defenses playing solid and sound up front causing havoc, when you look at everything in totality, you have to say, I wonder if they would have just stayed pat with Jared Goff. Could they have fixed that problem, it just would have been hard for Sean McVay. And Sean McVay didn't want to work as hard. When you look at Kyle Shanahan and you look on the other side of the sidelines, based on that offense, Kyle Shanahan is working hard to win with Jimmy Garoppolo at the quarterback spot. He wants it to be easy. That's why he was looking at Aaron Rodgers at once upon a time and decided to move up to get Trey Lance because he wants to have the luxury that Sean McVay had with Matthew Stafford. Since 2000, there have been nine instances of team trading multiple first-round picks for a player. The Rams accounted for two of those, Matthew Stafford and corner Jalen Ramsey. And they're only the second team to make the Super Bowl with players they traded for in that span. The Bucs won the Super Bowl in 02, two years after trading a pair of first-rounders for Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson. Mm. Stats Incredible is brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. Jay, what about... OBJ like it's redemption so far for Stafford if he doesn't win the Super Bowl he's already proven his point to me now as Key said earlier McVay now needs to prove his point by winning the Super Bowl with Stafford but OBJ they were I mean no chemistry with Baker Mayfield the remains of Eli Manning throwing him the ball no offensive line there although Saquon had his best season when OBJ was there right by the way Baker Mayfield was trending all day yesterday Baker oh poor Baker (laughs) poor Baker but but the point is this is a big redemption. He fits in. He's a great teammate. He he made clutch plays. Like 
He showed like Stafford. Wait a minute. I just need the chance. I need an opportunity. It's crazy how that whole narrative has just changed so quickly. And Key, his quick, explosive twitch fibers, like it's um, it's special to watch him play and just seeing him ball. Like that moment after the game where he's giving Debo Samuel a hug and he's he's kind of like talking to him in his ear about staying the course. Like that line he said, where just God is great. Like for me, somebody that people were trashing while he was in Cleveland, that he was the reason why Cleveland couldn't get chemistry. People siding with Baker Mayfield on the two. Like just watching the whole story come to completion. You know, I hope that they win the Super Bowl for him. I mean, it's a great storyline with Joe Burrow too. But just the the part that he was the problem in Cleveland and now this guy has a chance to be a monumental part of a Super Bowl champion organization, it speaks to you how quickly things can change in the National Football League. Well, I wouldn't get caught up if I was OBJ or anybody. You don't get caught up in what the media is talking about because of his personality, his style in which he likes to approach the game people don't necessarily like. He was never really the problem in Cleveland. I think the problem in Cleveland was they didn't understand who OBJ was. They didn't understand how to get him to football, how to utilize him, where Sean McVay and the Rams certainly know what to do with him. That's why it's paying off. Youth is wasted on the young, and I'm just happy for Odell that while he still has it, Mm -hmm. he still got that, he's in a good situation because his experience and his maturity, he has matured over the years. Same guy at heart, but he's matured has brought him to this place now where he very may well be among the key contributors to a Super Bowl champion. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. He said last week he was going to be unbearable. So what are we in for now? Uh Uh-oh. Dan Orlovsky's Victory Tour continues. So you know we're not talking about Carson Wentz. Victory Tour continues next. KJM on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This particular game wasn't on Matthew Stafford. The pressure was on Sean McVay. Right. To dial it up and make sure that they got to the Super Bowl because Jared Goff was a guy who put him in the Super Bowl. They made the trade. They're back in the Super Bowl now, so it paid off. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, the ESPN app. You know what they say, one app, one tap? 
ESPN, too. Say, play ESPN. We're up on your smart speakers. Download the podcast. Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst, is with us, of course. And Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan's giving you the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. All right, Dan. Good morning. What's going on? How are you? We're feeling pretty good today, right? Why did something happen? For you? <laughs> uh, why did something happen? This almost happen? makes up for your awful Carson Wentz takes. This is amazing for you. Last week. Were those we correct? Got, yep. <laughs> last week, we got the Top Gun wingman jacket on Get Up. What, what do you have planned for today's stop uh, on the Matthew Stafford, Dan Orlovsky victory tour? Uh, I told my wife texted me uh, like 10 minutes ago. She was like, hey, have fun today. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm going to behave myself. Last week, I was able to act a child on national television. Today's about Matthew. So uh, I'm just happy for Matthew. Um, Matthew. No, true story. So, uh, <laughs> you know, in, re- in relation to Matthew, I think when the game went 17-7 San Francisco, in our group chat, I said, game over, the Rams will win. And the reason I said that was Matthew's at his absolute best when he has no other choice but to be. That's when he's at his best. And really, yesterday in the fourth quarter was kind of 13 years in the making. He's been in that moment and had, had to play that way or needed to play that way for such a long time, but it never mattered to anybody outside of Detroit. So he's been prepared for that moment for such a long time. And I'm so happy because I got a bunch of text messages yesterday morning and people asking, like, what kind of version do you think we get of Matthew? And I said, I, said, I think America will see the best version of Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. And that's his best version. I got no other choice but to be a superstar. Well put. Yeah, and um, that's kind of what we saw. And it goes back to when the trade happened 366 days ago. I remember being on TV and, you know, Greeny for the most part asking like, hey, what does this offense look like differently? Or how is it different with Matthew Stafford? I remember the two biggest things were he can still throw you to a win without the run game. We always correlated the run game with Sean McVay. They didn't run the ball yesterday worth a drop in a bucket still was able to throw his, his way to a win. And then on third downs, he could just do it. He could just do it. Like, I know he gets, a, listen, lucky on the, the, the tart drop with like mm-hmm. 10 minutes to go, but the very next play is God, why he's who he is. But Jay, that's a whole shot. Keyshawn knows this. Right hash all the way across the field. It's got to be 35 yards on a line. I couldn't, I looked at my wife when it happened. I said, see, I, I don't have that. Not the physical talent. I don't, obviously. Just the onions to go, okay, here it comes. Here comes a whole shot. I almost, almost just lost the game. Here it comes. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm glad America got to see the kind of the person that so many believed he was for, you know, for a long time. When you look at the game, uh, Dan, what stood out the most, though? Because Sean McVay certainly, uh, you know, you could tell he was coaching tight. Yeah, I mean, he's using red flags when there was no other flags uh-huh. to use. He's just like, hey, I got any more timeouts? Yeah. Because he was in a panic mode. What stood out in that game, though? Key, the two th- one thing stood out, and it's correlated to two people. I thought the timing or anticipation, the ball placement, and the feel that he has, Matthew Stafford with Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr., is as good as we've seen with quarterback to two receivers in the NFL this year. I mean, the third down throws that he makes to either Cooper Cup or Odell Beckham Jr. are awesome. And this is a two-way relationship now. This isn't just quarterback making big-time throws. This is receivers understanding space. This is receivers understanding timing. This is receivers understanding what coverage they're getting and where to sit, where not to sit. 
Key, we talked about this on NFL Live, I think, last, last week. The Rams were not in the NFC title game if not for Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. And they are certainly not in the Super Bowl if not for Odell Beckham Jr. Cooper Cup and Matthew, we've known about for the great majority of this season. Cooper Cup or Matthew Stafford and OBJ was a big question mark. We really didn't know how that relationship was going to go. And um, yesterday on third down, man, on third down, those three guys were the difference in the football game. Game recognized game. I mean, you know, for Odell, game recognized game. Yeah. They had a problem in Cleveland because game recognized, real recognized, real in, in LA is not a problem. Dan, let's go to this Kansas City game for a second. A lot of people are going back to that play before the half that they should have went for the points instead of trying to go for the juggler. Where are you on that? No, I'm okay with, with taking that one more shot at the end zone. Absolutely. Uh, you're getting the ball to come out of the second half. They have not stopped you. You just ran a play the snap before, and it burned four seconds. What I, don't, what I did not like about the play was why did they not just take a guy like Travis Kelsey – Put him by himself and say, hey, we're going to take a shot here. We're not, we don't need this touchdown. We want this touchdown. Put Travis Kelsey by himself. We're either going to run a slant or a fade route. You know, Beth Patrick, that's your only option. We're throwing the ball there. If not, it goes out of bounds, and we're going to take our three points. But the fact that they try to get this condensed formation, ball fake, mm-hmm. ball over the middle, and then he has a secondary option. Quarterbacks are trained. Like uh, Patrick has to be better in that moment. There is no doubt about it. But I, did, I, I would have liked just to see that, hey, we're throwing it. That, that we used to do that with Calvin all the time or Reggie Wayne. That's the only, we're only throwing it there. You're, mm-hmm. He's either open and we're getting it or he's, or he's not. We're so gonna you get, get your shot points. and you get your three points. And, you have your you, cake and eat it too. And you take the decision-making out of the mm-hmm. situation. Exactly. You, know, you know, Dan, I, I, I look back at the game and that particular series of plays. I don't know that Patrick knew what was going on, because he tried to call timeout. Yeah. And there was no timeout. Yeah. So I'm like, did he think they had a timeout, so therefore, rather than throw it out the back of the end zone, he was going to hit Tyreek, and if he gets tackled, I'll call a timeout? Yeah. No, I mean, he doesn't look totally prepared for the moment, Key, which is weird, which is so weird, because the play before, he looks prepared for the moment. It's not there. He grounds it. He's, and Tony Romo talked about on the broadcast, good job not running around and trying to make something happen and wasting time. But yeah, Key, the fact that he kicks that ball out there and then is throwing up the timeout signal yeah. certainly didn't look like he was prepared for that situation. And again, this is the first down clip where he's like, all right, grounds it, nothing's there. The second down clip, and I love Andy Reid, and I love Eric Bieniemy. I'm, but the fact that they even gave him a secondary option. Now, I'll credit Eli Apple. Eli Apple does an awesome job of eye discipline there and running through and not paying attention to anything else but Tyreek Hill. I was surprised that that was the play call. Yeah, I blame Mark, Mike McCarthy. And I Dan, blame Mike McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to have your guys prepared. Uh, Dan, yeah, Key. Na- now that Joe Burrow has gotten his team to the Super Bowl, where do you, because I know he's probably number one, but where do you rank him? with the quarterbacks right now in the National Football League in year two. Yeah, so two months ago I said top five and I got laughed at for it. Looks you got like, laughed at for that? Looks like, looks like I might have been low, Max, on that one. Um, mm. So I, I still think, I, I still put him right around four or five key, and I love the kid, um, but I still think you've got to put Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Rodgers, Stafford, uh, now that Tom seems to be leaving the picture, I think Joe Burrow is probably right around that four or five. This is what I will say better than, about better than Justin Herbert. 
Yeah, you know, uh, yes, I, I have never wavered from that. I think Herbert's a superstar. This is the thing that I think separates Joe. There's a lot of things. I don't know if I've seen a young quarterback at that position have such situational football awareness as Joe Burrow. Oh, it's second and nine, and I got to scramble. I'm getting 10. I don't need to get 11, and I don't need to get 12 because that gives me vulnerable for a hit or a Oh, it's, it's third and eight, and, the, and, and it's man coverage, and they vacated the middle. I'm going to go. It's, it's second and 12, and I got a six-yard completion. Great balls coming. It just has such What is that, football. instinct? Like, can you teach that, or is that instinct? Because to me, he seems instinctual. Like, it bypasses the thought process, and boom, it's right there. Yeah, Max, I think it's both. I think it's nature and nurture, candidly. Mm. You know, like, I don't want to go back to Stafford too much, but – you saw that guy was born to do what he's doing. He was born. When you pick up a football, oh, you, you do it differently. I think it's a little bit instinctual, and it's a little bit how you've got 20-plus years of repping this game and, and this feel and this. He's just got that really good situational football awareness. We were talking. I was talking on RC this morning, and all the times that they cut to him on the sideline yesterday, I don't know if he breathes. He, he never looks like he's elevated Breathing-wise or pulse-wise, he just looks like he's just so flat. And uh, 21-3, 21-21, he, lo- he looked like the same guy. All right, Dan, so give me the scouting report moving forward, right? Because obviously that O-line for Cincy has some issues. And you saw the way, the amount of pressure that the Rams were able to get in the fourth quarter yeah. on a guy like Jer- uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Yeah. So, like, how do you fix that? How do you – You can't. No, you, you're not fixing that going into in, – in, Two weeks. You're not. You know the crazy thing, Jay, is like, this should not be happening in Cincinnati. You do not go to the Super Bowl with a bottom three offensive line. You just don't, and that's why they've been a little bit candidly difficult to. You know, uh, no brainer. You know, no brainer Super Bowl pick because your you thought process eventually the the offensive line catches up to you. He just hasn't because Joe's been spectacular. Um, it yeah, the Rams at the line of scrimmage will definitely have the advantage in that situation. The Rams schematically, defensively, will have the advantage. They're going to play their umbrella coverage, their zone coverage, allow their front to try and dominate, keep the ball in front, and not give up any big plays. Um, I think that the way that their skill players are playing on the outside for the Rams, you feel good about playing against that defense. Cincinnati is not going to block this defensive line. It is going to be another game where how quickly does Joe Burrow get the ball out? How well do they do with playmaking? How good are they in situation, situational football? First and ten's got to become second and six. Second and six got to be third and two, and then they got to convert. You know, So that's going to be a huge yeah. story for this game. Dan. Yeah, bud. Jimmy Garoppolo. Is his days pretty much numbered? In San Francisco, or should they bring him back? I think they have to be numbered. You know, here's here's the thing, and I think uh, I'll say this, Key. Jimmy Garoppolo gets a bad rap, and it got very inflamed this week because of some other people's comments that are attached to that organization or were attached to that organization. The yeah, conversation whatever. became too hot this week because it became, well, Jimmy Garoppolo's the best quarterback to ever play football or Jimmy Garoppolo's the worst quarterback to ever play football. Jimmy Garoppolo's a good quarterback. He's a good starting quarterback in the NFL. No one was disputing that. The problem with Jimmy Garoppolo or the hesitation with Jimmy Garoppolo from a lot of people who watch ball is when the moment happens. It is very Carson Wentz-ish. You know, it is. You know, you, he has those moments where you go, what in the world are you doing? And he had three or four of them yesterday they got away with. Um, <laughs> I don't think you could bring him back, though, yeah. Key, because at the end of the day, 
twice in the last three years, you've had a really good football team and you just needed that guy to just put you over the top just a little bit. But who is that guy, Dan? They, they, the, the guy they have to replace him is, is probably a year or two away. At least, right? totally. So, so meantime, Garoppolo, unlike Wentz, by the way, has made deep playoff runs. His teammates seem to like him. No doubt. Like playing with him. The whole thing. I, can you get someone better than Garoppolo right now? Well, I, I, well, no, you're not going to get a veteran that's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But two things, Max. One, eventually you go to the guy that you invested all your picks in because the way you've done it has been really good, but not good enough in some ways. And then two, is Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value going to be any higher than it is right now? I know that Jimmy Garoppolo is an easy punching bag for a lot of people. The reality is he's a good starting quarterback, and a lot of teams can upgrade their position in the offseason if they go get him. Rams went all in on Matt Stafford to win right now. Niners went all in on Trey Lance to win going forward, and now they have to negotiate this little gray area between Garoppolo and Trey Lance. That is Dan Orlovsky, ladies and gentlemen. A very gentlemanly victory lap from him. Unexpected. Can you believe it, Dan? We just talked about everything but Tom Brady retiring. Like, that's how exciting the damn weekend was. Thank God. From the worst (laughs) team in football to the Super Bowl in two years. We'll tell you how they did it. Keyshawn J. Willemax is brought to you by Pylon. Weather looking nasty? Don't change your plans. Change your wiper blades. Michelin wiper blades use advanced technology to hug your windshield, to channel away water, snow, and ice so you can see clearly and drive confidently. Upgrade to Michelin wiper blades at Walmart. It is time for key observations. Number one. Number one, the Bengals, they'll be around quite some time, fellas. Young nucleus of weapons. We know about Higgins and Boyd and Chase. We know about Joe Burrow. Clearly, when you look at this football team, offensively are set up for the future, no question about it. The AFC has some young guns at quarterback. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson and company. When you start to think about if, in fact, and when they win a Super Bowl, there's going to be talk about dynasty in Cincinnati. If they win this Super Bowl, dynasty in Cincinnati. Mark it down. Number two. Well, I think the Chiefs. The Chiefs should be looking for a new defensive coordinator. I I hate to say it. Hopefully they don't steal our Rex Ryan away from us here. But that would be a name that I would be looking at if I was Andy Reid. Because defensively, the scheme that Spagnola puts together for the Kansas City Chiefs seems to never work every single year. It's almost like, oh, well, we got to live on Patrick Mahomes. When we need stops on defense, we surely can't get him. Number three. Well, here's what you mentioned it, talking to Dan, Jay, that offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals against that defensive front in the Rams in the Super Bowl of Aaron Donald and Floyd and Von Miller, the things that they can do to go get after a quarterback that was sacked nine times and knocked down 13 by the Tennessee Titans. The Kansas City Chiefs didn't get to him nearly as as well or as much as they should have. Chris Jones had a few opportunities that kind of got away from him, but with these dudes up front, Ain't no way in hell Cincinnati's going to be able to block Aaron Donald and company. Number four. Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr at number four. Josh McDaniels reportedly is taking over as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Second time around as a head coach, started off hot in Denver the first time. In fact, led them to a playoff victory. Can him and Derek Carr coexist, or will he be looking for an upgrade at that position? 
I like Carr. I think he likes Carr, or else he wouldn't have taken this opportunity to coach the Las Vegas Raiders. He should be able to work wonders with him. This reminds him, I believe, of a middle-aged Tom Brady, not the Hall of Famer Tom Brady. Number five. And number five, Jay, we as black African-Americans that look to coach, we've been shut out. 0-4 so far in the National Football League. Every single week, we hope and we pray that one of these guys get a job. The next job, we'll say, oh, maybe Houston will hire somebody. Oh, well, maybe it's Miami. We're hoping and clinging. Maybe it's Minnesota. But so far, we are 0-4. The last job reportedly just went to Josh McDaniel. When is this finally going to stop? That is my observations over the weekend. Mm, mm, mm. Jay, do you have an observation? Um, I do. You know, just coming off that last one, Akia said, Akia still blows my mind. We're just waiting for it, right? We'll continue to wait for it. Uh, but there is the observation I have of Eric Evan McPherson. And I say it because uh, this young man has came through in clutch moments so many times for the Bengals. And they're calling him Shooter McPherson, right? Like Shooter McGavin. Um, it's just, I mean, 12 for 12 in the postseason. Most field goals without a miss by any kicker in single postseason in league history. Just coming through clutch and clutch. We talk about, you know, Joey Franchise. We talk about Joe Thorough. I mean, Shooter McPherson is coming through in all the clutch moments in Bengals history. I, I love this Bengals team, guys, the way, the way the Browns were supposed to be. Like, they're all ballers, and they all have that same cocky or, like, super confident attitude. Joe Burrow, uh, 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 obviously, you got the same receiver he had in college in Jamar Chase, who's super confident, right? And McPherson, the kicker. And like one guy after another, just they, they, they look like they enjoy playing together and they ball. Yeah. I, I'll give you my observation for you, the weekend. You look at the Cincinnati Bengals, yeah. nucleus of players, young players. Eli Apple is still a young player. For instance, on defense, when you look at where these players have come from, you look at Mixon, Oklahoma, big-time program, perennial college football program, LSU, Chase, in, in Burrow, T. Higgins. All of these guys have played in big-time college football games, and this is the way this team is built. So there's no pressure. These are young dudes that's just kind of just playing football mm-hmm. and saying to themselves, oh, okay. This is what we're all about. We're all about having fun and going out there and competing in the moment. Nothing is too big for us. And this is, this is why you get the type of young teams that make runs is the way that they're built in the Brenton Browns. The Bengals have certainly done a tremendous job at putting this talent together. That's why I say they're going to be around for a long time. If they win this Super Bowl, you're going to start to hear, much like you heard, the Kansas City Chiefs, dynasty this, dynasty that. Oh, my God, Joe Burrow's going to win MVP 20 times over the next 10, 10 years. You're going to start to hear that sort of nonsense. You know, I heard Dan Orlovsky um, talk about where he ranks Joe Burrow and had Matt Stafford ahead of him. And I know Matt Stafford's much more accomplished. Let me just mention, same thing like Dak Prescott to start the season, everyone would have him ahead of Burrow, right? If you, to me, you put Burrow on the Cowboys, they advance farther than they did. 
And I'm telling you right now, you put Burrow on the Rams, no one would be taking the Bengals to win this game. Joe, Joe like, Burrow, Burrow gives, the, gives the Bengals a puncher's chance every time. Joe Burrow certainly has played well for a second-year player. But I'm with Dan. I'm probably going to take Matthew Stafford over Joe Burrow. And I'm probably, probably even with the Dak Prescott. Probably even with But see, Dak. that's my thing, though, Keith. You're saying probably, and you're taking a second, second to really play. think about it for a dude who actually is going through his first, Coming off injury. first complete season off injury. That, that's the scary okay. part about where I want, it's going to be. I want to get, Jay, to my observation of the weekend, which was this. In the moment of truth, uh, to get to the Super Bowl, Right? Who was it that rallied the troops for the Los Angeles Rams? In the moment of truth, who rallied the troops? Their defense. Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. The best player of this era, right? Like the best player in his position probably of all time. He'd be in my starting front. At all time. I take Aaron Donald. My best I've ever seen at the position. You know, I know Warren sat mean Joe Green. When I was like, Aaron Donald is my guy. Okay. In the moment, Over Mean Joe Green. Oh, it, well, I was a little kid. I didn't really know what I was looking at, but I remember Mean Joe Green was the dude, right? And I like everyone liked the Steelers, right? But I'm saying, Aaron Donald, this dude wasn't enough that he played that way, and it's his pressure that forced the interception. It's that he was also the guy that stood up, not not like him usually. You don't usually see him like that, and do it in the moment of truth. Mm-hmm. I said before this. These playoffs started. That's the most important non-quarterback in these playoffs, and I think it's turning out that way. The end of the greatest quarterback career in the history of the NFL. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. People say, what do you want to do after football? And I'm like, what do you mean after football? There's nothing after football. This is what you know I was born to do, and this is what I enjoy doing more than anything else. Breaking news, Tom Brady is retiring after 22 spectacular seasons in the NFL. It's on the Mount Rushmore of all-time great athletes. Someone who was a six-round draft pick to winning seven Super Bowl rings, the greatest and most accomplished quarterback to play the game of football. Yeah, I mean, look, for a lot, I thought Tom Brady was the GOAT a bunch of years ago, Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Even when I predicted the cliff, I said I started out that prediction by saying, look, he's the greatest of all time. But it was unclear. Like Joe Montana had a real good case at that point, right? Four Super Bowls, 4-0 in the Super Bowl, 13 TDs, no interceptions. But since that time, when Brady probably maybe passed Montana, he's had a whole other Hall of Fame career. It's insane. The question is, why now? 
He said, I'm going to play till I'm 45. That was the whole thing. He wants to play till he's 45. Just led the league in completions, attempts, completions, yards, and touchdowns. <laughs> and almost orchestrated one of the all-time great playoff comebacks down 27-3 to the Rams who wound up going to the Super Bowl. So here is Tom Brady, seven-time Super Bowl champion on his Let's Go podcast on Sirius XM. <laughs> I would say I'm proud and satisfied of everything we accomplished this year. So I know when I give it my all, that's something to be proud of. I don't leave anything half-assed. You know, I think I leave it with everything that I have. You know, I'll know when the time is right and there's no rush to make a decision. You know, we'll just see. That's a whole ass quarterback right there. Key, are you surprised that Tom Brady's walking away now? No, not at all. If you remember last week, I think it was, or maybe even the week before, whenever it came out over the last couple of weeks, and the noise was starting to trickle out about Tom Brady thinking about retiring, I'm like, he should. He's accomplished everything. He's done everything. There's nothing to fall back on. What is there left to do? I've appeared in 10 Super Bowls. I've won seven. I've got kids to take care of. If you remember, people's like, oh, well, you know, his kids are just, he can always hang. I'm like, no, man, you don't understand. When a dude really starts to talk about his family and where they're at, they move away from things. They got everything. It's like, why do I need to continue to play football? Because I can't. I want to live my life and enjoy my kids. I have kids. I have family. My wife wants to see me play. I understand the fans want to see him continue to keep playing. But his family wants him at home with them. I don't believe it. I'll never believe it. I, I have a hard time. And I'm a fan of Tom Brady's. I'm a, I was a fan of Michael Jordan. When Michael Jordan retired, I didn't believe it either. And there was, there was a part of me now, even watching the Hornets game the other night, where I'm like, damn, could Jordan come back and just play a couple of, couple of possessions? Like it just, there are certain players, those two in particular, where you're always going to feel that regardless of whatever age they are, that they can come back and compete at the highest, most ultimate level. Jay, let me, I'm going to ask you something deeply personal right here on okay. the air on yeah, live yeah, radio. Yeah. Do you think that, like, when Brady says he's satisfied, but you see him, wait a minute, Tom, you just led the league in everything. You could have easily won the Super Bowl this year. Do you think part of that is because you had this, you know, famously now, had your career cut short very early on, and so always feel like, hold on, satisfied, and you can still do it? you got to be nuts to walk away when you can still do it. Well, I think you look at Tom Brady and Michael Jordan, those guys wrong, like, I, I, and I hear what Tom is saying, but I don't think Tom Brady will ever be satisfied at anything he does in his life. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan will never be satisfied. at any. There's always going to be something else, and regardless of what they've been able to accomplish on the field or on the court, that's going to translate to something different in their life that they will take on that next thing. It's, um, but I, I will say this, because my wife is very much like this. There are some things in my house where I walk in and I'm like, my mind is set. This is what the hell I am doing. It's going down. It's a lock. I've told my friends. I've told people. And then I have conversations with my wife, Nikki Bonacorsi, and I leave that conversation saying, damn, she has so many valid points. (laughs) I got to start thinking about it that way. And I feel like Giselle and Tom have that relationship where if you heard when he talked about like saying, hey, this has been I've, I've given up so much. That she's had to do so much. Like, I think you get to a certain point that it's like, what do I owe my family? Going back to what Key has said. And that his wife, who is the real boss of the house, let's, let's be honest about it. <laughs> they are the real bosses of the house, can say, hey, it's time that we start looking at this a little bit differently. Now, Evan, 
had an interesting take on this, our producer, Evan. Evan, I want you to tell Key and Jay your take on why, after Brady spent all this time saying, I want to play till I'm 45, clearly he can at a very high level, he walks away now. Yeah, I think he's known for a while that he was going to walk away, and I think he, he just didn't mention it. Like He kept saying, I want to play till I'm 45. I want to, you know, uh, prob- like it was in... in um, inferred that he was going to play one more season. We didn't really hear anything until like leading into that final game that, hey, this could be it for Brady. You know, we heard from Rob Ninkovich and then we heard Jeff Darlington and and Adam Schefter report that this could be Brady's final game. And I think he's known for a while, but I just didn't think he wanted the attention. I think he made people believe he was going to play another season, even though deep down he knew when he went to Tampa, maybe two years max here. He won a Super Bowl in year one. There was nothing else for him to gain. He didn't want people knowing See, next year was his well, final year. And so he played this year as if it was his final year. And I think he's probably known for weeks, maybe months, absolutely. that this was his final season. That's in- key. That's interesting. Evan, we all, when we retire, we all know what we want to do the year before or two years before we do it. I mean, I don't care if you played 22 years like Brady or you played 11 like me. When I got into my 10th year, I knew I was like, I'm not going to, I'm pretty much, I'm got one, maybe two, and I'm done. I don't want to keep doing this. You know, and you just don't tell people because it's none of their damn business. It's up to you to make the decision on what you think. Even though a person says, well, I want to play till I'm 75 years old and I'm going to play as long as I can. In the back of your mind, you know, when you want to walk out that door. Everybody, Michael Jordan, you name it, they all know. Key, I mean, Jay, look, I, I think Evan's point, though, is like, see how Rodgers is drawing all this attention to himself, yep. right? Brady got out of the victory tour, the victory lap. He, he set everyone up to think that there was going to be another season, so he wasn't feted all around the league, and now he slides out without the attention. You had a chance to actually enjoy it like a true competitor instead of all the energy being about you all the time. The Super Bowl is set, and it's a battle of number one picks. That's next, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.